0: It is not. Is it? 11? We are just on fire for Jesus. Woo! Amen. God is good. The men and women for Women of Vision and Men of Purpose are coming together this Saturday. Okay? Okay. We just want to make sure you know that. All right. Awesome. Thank you, God. I could go right into another worship service. Give God a praise for our worship people. I speak to you briefly this morning. It's called Are You Called? See, we got this Christianese verb vocabulary. Because if you were out there and you said to somebody, Are you called? They go, Who am I calling? But I want to look at that this morning for us as the body of Christ. because we get so tied up in our own little me and my world. And we get so tied up with Jesus about what am I called to do? What about me, God? So he's saying to tell you this morning, he's making it clear, you're all called. You all have purpose. If you were to say somebody out there, you called, what you're really saying to them, do you know you have purpose? Do you know that your purpose is not to just do your job, go to work, get up, take care of the kids, take care of your mate, clean the house, go to your job, come home and repeat the same old thing. That is not your purpose. Your purpose is to get down and spend that time with Jesus and find out what His heart is. So I want to look at that for a minute this morning. You know, the Sea of Galilee was a very special place for Jesus. He went to the Sea of Galilee, and often he would walk the shoreline. You'll see it in the Bible, that he would go and walk, and that's exactly the place where he called his disciples. Now look with me this morning at Luke chapter 5 really quick. It says, When he had left speaking to said to Simon... Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a drought. And Simon said, Master, we've toiled all night. Give me a break, Jesus. I've been doing this thing forever. Isn't that what we sound like? He says, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. I've been doing this ministry. I've been doing this job forever. And I just don't feel like I've been gotten nothing out of it. Can we relate? Nevertheless, God, you're in control. Hashem is in control. So I'll just, at your word, let down that net. And look what happens. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. Look at that. Look at verse 10 and 11. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, fear not, fear not, but God, there's a pandemic. Fear not. Oh, no, God, these people don't wear their masks everywhere I go. Fear not. Don't touch me. Fear not. He says, From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Thou shalt catch men. That's not for you single ladies. Sorry. Ulysses is back there with a fishing pole. (laughs) And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Forsook all. Forsook all. I don't know what forsook all means for you, but I know what it means to me. Sometimes I got to set aside what I think, what I plan to do his plan. Sometimes I just got to stop what I'm doing and not work so hard at what I think is important and go do what he thinks is important. For Seagal. Jesus called the disciples and he said look guys you're gonna catch men I've given you a greater purpose than just catching fish are you getting this this morning he says get your nets out there for a second time we do stuff for God we do stuff every day in our lives and if it don't work once we pitch it right We pitch it. Oh, that didn't work. Forget it. Oh, I tried that. But then they saw a miracle. Listen, you know what God spoke to me about miracles? He says, I don't do miracles so that you get a big bless me club. I don't do miracles so that you get to run around going, look what God did for me only. He says, I do miracles to show off so that others see the power of God. I do miracles so that others get a whip of what God's doing. And I just happen to bless you. Now, I want you to know something about this Sea of Galilee, this place. The Sea of Galilee is the only body of water that is surrounded by seven, say seven, Seven. fresh streams that flow into it. It's the only one. Seven fresh streams of water flow in to the Sea of Galilee, and seven is the number of completeness and perfection. See, God does stuff so cool and he doesn't do it by accident. And streams, streams, this is really awesome. Fish are attracted to streams. How many of you are getting this? Fish are attracted to streams Fish are attracted to the living water beneath those streams. Fish are attracted because it is the perfect place for them to come. Guess what you're called to be? A stream a fresh stream you're called to be a fresh stream flowing because fish are attracted to a fresh stream fish will be attracted to you when you are connected to the main sea Fish love that fresh water underneath the Sea of Galilee. You're called to be that fresh water, that fresh life. See, what is it when people see you and they go, "Mm, Okay, I want whatever you have. Because, man, you're up when you should be down. You walk like you got something bigger in your life. You just, I got to have this. It's not because of you. It's because of the church in you. It's because of the breath of life, Jesus Christ in you. He says, I'm going to make you catch men. Now, this was good too. That word fish in this scripture in the Hebrew. Watch this. That word fish comes from the root word in the Hebrew of anxiety, fear, and worry. This is interesting. Because they said... Lord, we've worked all night and we didn't catch any fish. That particular fish in Hebrew translates anxiety and fear and worry. They were fishing from a position of fear and worry and anxiety, they were fishing all night long. Oh my god. What if we don't catch any fish? Oh my god. What am I going to do about my job if I lose my job? Oh my god. How am I going to What am I going to do about my future? I don't even have a future, God. I don't even know why I'm existing. Oh my god. What am I going to do? How many of us live every day like that? Jesus help us. And they were fishing. From a place of anxiety and fear and worry, do you see why you got to get alone with him every day so he can squash, he can squash all your bad fishing? Man, when I studied this, I thought, I know why I hate to fish. I mean, I was just about... 11, 12 years old and my brother, you know, he's 10 years older than me. And so he says to me one morning, he goes, sis, I'm going to take you fishing. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. But I wanted to spend time with my brother. Are you getting this? When you want to spend time with Jesus, he's going to take you to weird places. So we get out there and we're on the, wherever we went, you know, we were fishing and I'm thinking it's hot and it's sticky and this stuff smells and ew, I ain't touching that worm and what are you crazy, just give me the pole and I would put it out there. See, fishing from what? A place of anxiety, a place of worry. How many of you are getting this? But yet I look over, and here's my brother Al. And he's catching fish like crazy. He goes, sis, I don't know what you're doing wrong. I said, I don't want to do this. That's probably what's wrong. Are you getting it? We can't fish for people from a place of anxiety, from a place of fear, and from a place of worry. we got to trust Jesus. But we gotta spend time with him. You gotta know him. You gotta crave that time with him. You gotta just get into a place where all you wanna do is weep and just hold on to him for dear life. Worship was awesome this morning once again, because I know God's here when I see us all coming to the altar. Listen, let this be known. Every Sunday, you can get out of that seat and you can come down here for worship. There's no propriety here. There's no protocol. You don't have to come down and get permission. Come down and worship God right here on the steps if you want. Wherever you are going to feel Close to God, so that you can fish freely when you go out there. God says, I want you to fish from a place of confidence, a place and a position of faith. You fish for souls. You go out and you win souls from a position of trusting Jesus. From a position of you're going to say the right thing. You're going to do the right thing. Don't worry about what approach you take. Let Jesus lead you. And when you spend time with him, you know his promptings. You know his voice. You know what he's saying. And you just do it. evangelizing from that place where you know his words and his timing. See, look at this next scripture, John 21, verse 6. I mean, verse 11. I want you to see something here because they were so worried. See, They were in a position where they had been walking with Jesus. And they were worried about, well, what if the, you know, what if, uh, the government of Rome comes down and arrests all of us? What if, you know, what if, uh, you know, what's going to happen to my family? I'm with Jesus so much. What's going to happen to my family? They're going to get blessed. That's what's going to happen to your family. You spend time with Jesus, your family's getting blessed. But they were so anxiety-ridden. But look at John 21, 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full, full, full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there, there were so many, yet not the net was broken. What was God saying to them? Look, if you'll, if you'll just fish from a position of faith, I want to take care of you. I want to take care of you. How many of you have found that God has taken care of you through pandemic? Awesome. Awesome. Some of you got more money now than you've ever had in your life. Some of you got more time now than you've ever had in your life. And God's just keeps on taking care of his own. You know, I believe that's why they call the Jews the chosen people. Because one thing about the Jews, if you talk to the Jews, you know, Jewish people in general, my family, the very last words out of every one of their mouth is always, don't worry about that, we take care of our own. Don't worry about that, we take care of our own. Saints, that ought to be the motto of the church. Don't worry about that, we take care of our own. Don't worry about uh, when somebody makes uh, racial slurs. I'm going to take care of you. And if I'm standing there, or if one of mine are standing here, Jesus says, if one of mine are standing there, they're going to speak up. They're going to take care of you. They're going to cover you. If somebody robs from you, don't worry about that. You know, give them your cloak. That's what his Bible says. Give them your cloak because I'm going to take care of you. If somebody is doing social injustice, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care. That was such a right on prophetic word, both from Dr. Simon and Dr. Scott. Every race is in the kingdom. Every race is in the kingdom. That's why we ought to not be an all white church or an all black church or an all Korean church or an all Japanese church. We ought to be the church. But that's why he says, I'm raising up the church in this hour because they're doing it where the world isn't. But the church, we got to open this and speak again. All the garbage that the world perpetrates. It's our season. It's our season. Did you hear what the prophetic word through Dr. Scott then was? Wake up. Get up. Get with it. Revival. People are looking for a place where they can come and find faith find rest, find comfort, find protection. Are you getting this? 153, interesting. That that number was significant in the word of God. 153 fish. See, what was Jesus saying? In the Hebrew, numerically, every word has a numeric value. So 153 represented restoration and recommissioning. Ooh, two people got it. Yes. 153. In the Hebrew, those numbers match up with words, match up with restoration, match up with recommissioning. Peter wasn't finished. He denied Jesus three times. I've never denied Christ. No, you just done everything else. How many are you getting this? Restored. How many of your lives have been restored? How many of you have got some healing and you feel like a million bucks? Because he's doing that. One fifty-three, he says, if you'll fish out of faith, I'm going to restore you so that people want what you have, and I'm going to recommission you. I'm going to say, go out there. You have purpose. Woo! See, when Jesus took the disciples to uh, Caesarea Philippi, you have to understand, man, when I was in, at, in Israel and I went to Caesarea Philippi, you don't think nothing of it in the Word until you see it. It's a place where they used to offer children for sacrifice. It's where the pagans worshipped. And Jesus took them there. And why did he take them there? Because here was the pagan worship, and Jesus looked at them and said, Who do you say I am? And Peter precious Peter, he says, you are the Christ, the son of God. And remember Jesus said, nobody revealed that to you, Peter, except God. What, what was he saying? He was saying, Peter, your eyes have been opened. Saints have our eyes been opened through the pandemic. Yes. Our eyes have been opened that we need that relationship with God like never before. And though times will look darker and darker, give it your best shot, Satan. We trust Jesus. Do you get it? I am so excited to be alive in this hour. I have people saying to me, I wish I was in the 50s. I wish I was in the Bible times. No, I am so excited to be alive in this hour because I hear him, I touch him, I feel him, and I'm fishing out of faith. We have to understand that number 153. Its numerical value in the Hebrew also represents... Isaiah 43:3, I am the Lord your God. He says, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 153 numerically represents that, it reinforces He's in control. He says, Peter, you got 153 fish in that net. It ain't breaking. That means they're all coming in. And guess what, Peter? I am Lord and I did it. 153 represents Exodus 12, 21. The lamb sacrificed. He says, Peter, you got 153 fish in that net and none of them are lost and it's because of the sacrifice I made. Saints, we win. We win. We win. We got 153 fish. They're all coming in. Why? Because first of all, he's Lord. Hashem is in control. Secondly, the lamb that was slain for sinners is the victor. And the 153 represents one more thing. Isaiah 53, 7. Representing the suffering servant. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. He opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He's called the suffering servant. The one that died for us. And guess what? Now this part you're not going to cheer. But if we're called to be like him, we're going to suffer. Look at your neighbor and say sorry. That's life. See, this life is temporary. Stop looking at this life like you're going to be here forever. You ain't. And I don't know about y'all, but the older I get, I'm like, can it be sooner? (laughs) Because we are going to suffer. We're going to go through stuff who in here would say i've not been through anything uh, you don't see one hand raised anywhere <laughs> we're going to go through stuff but how many of you would say i've been through stuff but here i am i come out the other side <laughs> amen that's what that 153 represents see you don't get that you don't get that by just reading the word you got to look back into the Hebrew, what it's written, in, and figure this stuff out, and look into the Greek and find that out. One fifty-three is significant. It's significant. The reality is this: we're all called, and you all got a purpose. It's to win them souls, to live for Jesus like you've never lived before. Watch him bless you, but he blesses you because he wants to show you off to a lost and dying world. He wants those that are connected to you by friendships, by relationships, by work relationships, by family. He wants them to see you and think, man, it just seems like they always come out smelling like a rose. Wow. It just seems like no matter what, they have more than enough. Wow! It just seems like they're blessed. That's why you're called. You're called. You are responsible. You know what? Today is the day that when you walk out of here, you are responsible to win souls. You don't have no excuse. Because Dr. Cheryl filled you in on what you're supposed to be doing. You got no excuse. Rats, Dr. Cheryl, I wish you wouldn't tell us so much. But when your friends come over and they don't know Christ, you got a responsibility now. You got a responsibility to not only tell them, but now you got a responsibility to live it. Uh oh. Now listen, are you going to make mistakes? Sure. But that's what's going to attract them. The fact that you make mistakes, that he loves you, he restores and recommissions. And that they can get restored and get sent out with purpose. Say, "I I got a purpose. I got a purpose. You're called by faith to fish. You're called by faith to win souls. You might feel inadequate. That's a feeling. That's worth about less than a penny. What's worth so much more is when you just open your mouth and you start to share Christ. Bishop and I and my daughter Bree had to do some training this week for something. So three days this week, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., here we were working with this gal, this uh, nurse practitioner. And she was as precious as could be. And then there were two other gals in the office and the doctors. And so every day of that three days, me and Bishop brought something that would be a blessing to them. We brought candy the first day. We brought cupcakes and I forget what all, fruit, fresh fruit the second day. And then the third day, we brought them all bouquets of flowers. Wait, so that was awesome. They were walking around like, where are we? Nobody has ever done this. And we said, well, we want you to know that we appreciate all you've done. And God wants you to know you're appreciated. So the nurse we were working with, it was like perfect. God set the atmosphere. And we led her to Christ in that room. And she wept. And we told her she had purpose. God of praise. He is so awesome. And that woman was changed right before our eyes. And I was walking out to the car to get something and came back in the office. And the one little girl in the front office, she came and she hugged me tight and she said, you're pastors, aren't you? And I said, yeah, but that's not why we did it. She goes, I know, I'm a believer and thank you, that just made my day. Hallelujah! (laughs) Those of you watching by live stream, you got purpose. You're not here by accident. You got purpose. And the Father, the Father wants you to fulfill your purpose. And so, He will call on you. He will get your attention. He'll do whatever. Watch this clip. It's called I Am Ali. Muhammad Ali. He cared about his kids. And he would be traveling everywhere. And he would call each child now listen to what he'd say to them. Watch this. He would always tell me time is going to fly. You know, I'm going to be older. I mean, he was just like he could foresee things and knew how important those things would be. Wow. Wow. Now we don't call him Allah. We call him God. And did you notice the second time he called him God? Everything God makes has purpose. Now, if Muhammad Ali cared that much about his kid, she's 11 years old. What does she know about what she wants to do with her life? But he drew her attention to that. He said, what do you want to do with your life? Because everything. You know, she was like, he said, what's a son for? And she's like, a son? It just gives heat and light. Aha. It has a purpose. What do you want to do? And look at out of that 11-year-old. I want to help people. I want to fix people up. Saints, what is your purpose? Your purpose is to be the church to fix lives, help people. Are you getting this? You are called But you just need a boot, a kick, a shove, whatever it is. This is our hour. This is our time. We're going to be world changers like never before. We're going to make an impact on lives. And we're going to sucker punch the kingdom of darkness. Let's pray. Father, just lift your hands right now. And I just want you to begin to ask God, Lord, am I fulfilling my purpose? Now let him just speak to your mind right now. Whatever thoughts he gives you. Lord, just speak to them right now. Let them know what their purpose is. Let them see Let them hear your voice. I bind our minds to the mind of Christ right now. We are going to hear God this morning. Lord, what's our purpose? We're called. We're called to do something for the kingdom. That's first and foremost. We're called to have an incredible life stream relationship with you. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I just pray right now for each one here. God, in Jesus' name, restore us, restore us, restore us in the name of Jesus. Restore our lives, our emotions. God, I pray over every heart, over every emotion. Some of us today need to just recommit once again to Jesus. Some of you have never met him yet. Some of you, if I said, are you saved? You'd go, I go to church. Forget that. It's good for you to come to church. But it's time now for you to be the church. So pray with me this morning and recommit your life. Invite him into a new and fresh stream. Say, Father, forgive me for every sin I ever committed. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Come in, Lord. Be Lord over my life. Make me one of those fresh streams that fish will be attracted to. Lord, restore me. Heal me. Recommission me so that I can go forth in my purpose, what I'm called to do. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. You are the suffering lamb servant. And you did it all for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. He's awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's do it.